This is the Bulls on the Birds podcast, episode number seven, coming to you from Chester County, bringing the birds from the western burbs. That's right. All right, DB, let's get right into it with the yes or no section. Sounds good. Miles Sanders said this week in an interview with CBS Sports, we all feel like we are on an all-star team. We feel unstoppable. Now, I personally love to hear that coming from Miles Sanders only because this is a rookie team and the thing that plagues rookie teams, a lack of confidence. Yeah, You mentioned that last week. Absolutely. So I want to see this team almost faking it till they make it, being confident. At the same time, I got flashbacks to 2011 when Vince Young started coming out in July (laughs) saying, this is the dream team. Uh, Yeah. So I have to ask. Is there too much hype surrounding the Eagles currently? For fans, no. And and I think for football critics, no. I don't like hearing Miles Sanders say, I agree with you. I want to see that confidence. But I'd, I'd rather see him prove it on the field first. And I agree with you. First thing I thought about was Vince Young and the Dream Team and what a disappointment that was because everyone had such high expectations. I'd bring this back up, but, you know, is this something... He came up with during those five OTAs that we didn't have that we should have had. <laughs> Hertz comes up with this tagline. Yeah. It hurts so good. Sanders comes up with this. Hey, we're an all-star team. Yeah, yeah. We should have had those five OTAs. It's it's not too much hype from the fans' perspective and the the critics' perspective. I I just rather not hear that from Miles Sanders. AJ Brown, in response to Sanders' comment, said something along the lines of, "We aren't an all-star team yet." but we can become one. And I thought that was a much more grounded approach. Absolutely. Again, we've been calling A.J. Brown a veteran at 23 or 24 years old. Right, But all of his comments since he's joined the Eagles have been veteran comments. Absolutely. man. He is. He is. A.J. Brown's going to be a great leader on this team, and we need that kind of attitude. And I think that's the perfect attitude. I would have loved to hear Miles Sanders Say something say more along those exactly. lines. Exactly, yeah. We, um, ha- we, as a, we, we as a team have something to prove, right. and I as a running back have something to yeah, prove. Yeah, yeah. We haven't done anything yet, but we certainly should. Loved hearing that from A.J. Brown. So, much of the conversation around Jalen Hurts this offseason has really been about if he does not perform at the level that we think he should perform at, what's going to happen to him? Yeah. He obviously picked up that... First round draft pick from the Saints as something of an insurance policy. If Hertz's season doesn't work out, right. draft a QB in the first round next year. No harm, no foul. Right. But there's been less talk about what happens if Hertz has an absolute blowout season. If he plays yeah. lights out and definitively shows that he is our franchise QB. Right. If Jalen Hertz plays lights out early in the season, Can we expect the Eagles to offer him an early extension on his contract? Yes, I think we can expect the Eagles to do that. That's kind of been Howie's formula. It's what he did with Wentz. Even then, seeing how well Wentz played, I was even wondering back then, you know, is that that too soon? I don't think we need to be that quick on the trigger with it. Howie's put all the pieces together for Jalen Hurts to show whether he's the guy or not. But I still think he's still got another year on his rookie deal after this. Oh, so he's got two years. Yeah, so I I don't want him distracted by thinking about renegotiating a contract. I don't think that'd be good for him. I don't think that'd be good for the team. 
I don't think we have to do it this year. I do think Howie might pull something like that. That's how he's operated in the past. It yeah. makes sense. I, I think we need to see what he does with the regular season and the postseason. And then make a determination. Address it in the off season. No reason to take the train off the tracks in the middle of the season and, and, and throw this out there. You don't need a third-year guy thinking about that during the season when we need to be winning football games. For the last couple of years, the NFC East has gained a reputation for being one of the weakest divisions, if not the weakest division in yeah. the NFL Football League. But I think we could potentially gain a better reputation this year. Think of the edge rushers in the NFC East currently. The Cowboys have Micah Parsons. A beast of a rookie season. The Commanders have Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Mm-hmm. The Eagles have Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, and Brandon Graham. Right. And the Giants just picked up Kaven Thibodeau. Yeah. Do you think the NFC East will lead the league in sacks this year? I don't know if they'll lead the league, but I think the NFC East is getting back to its roots. The NFC East used to be the most physical division in football. They were like the the Chicago Bears. Was it really? Yeah. You had Lawrence Taylor for the Giants. The Eagles, you had Reggie White, Bill Berge, you know, the brawly linebacker who took heads off. Brian Dawkins as a safety. Happy Doc. The Redskins, now the Commanders or the whatevers. John Riggins, just a punishing oh, beast of fullback. A fullback. Then Dallas, yeah, there are a ton of guys. Ed Tutal Jones, you got Bob Lilly, Cliff Harris, just guys who would punish you and, and, and make you pay for playing the game. So back in the day, teams, even if they won against NFC East teams, felt brutalized. Like oh, they, yeah. They were afraid of. Yeah, they came out hurt. The yeah, East. absolutely. NFC East was just a, a, a tough team to go up against. It'd be pretty cool to get that reputation back. Yeah, yeah, and I'm looking forward to it. It looks like that's where we're he- headed, hopefully. Yeah, in the very least, with these elite edge rushers, we could yeah. we could make the NFC East a place where quarterbacks don't want to come right? because they find themselves on the ground a lot more than they're used to. Yeah. So there was an interesting scuffle this week, evidently, between yeah. Nick Sirianni <laughs> and a New York Giants fan at a tennis club or a tennis tournament. First off, yeah. whether whether... What was reported is true or not, the legend and the love of Nick Sirianni by Philly fans has to be going through the roof. Oh, he, he picked up a lot of points with Philly fans <laughs> with that. And I love it. It's it's great. It's like you know, it's like he didn't even have to read the Philly fan playbook of how you react to a New York Giants fan. You're not kidding, man. I mean this one <laughs> dropped in his lap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? From what I've read of the different articles pretty much what they're saying is true i think this guy blew it out of proportion new york giants fan yeah in what he said and he called up wfan with boomer and geo did he really yeah yeah and and makes it you know i almost got into a fight with uh, nick sirianni and he called me out and so he might be looking for his 30 seconds of fame yeah yeah i'm blowing it out of proportion a little bit hats off to wip because they actually had him on Two of their shows. I heard Ike Reese just grilled the crap oh, out of them. Ike Reese, he looked like an attorney, just taking them <laughs> down. It's like every question, let he knew what the answer was and led to the next question, and it just took so much out of this guy's the wind out of this guy's sails. He basically said, 
Oh, you know, could this have been, uh, you know, it's just one fan busting another fan's chops and, yeah. and, and All done in a good spirit. Exactly. And if you're, clearly if you're the Eagles that's head what coach, it was. Yeah. You're not going to react well to a guy wearing a New York Giants hat, yeah, right? Yeah. Again, all in good fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And think about it. The guy's in a senior, a competitive seniors tennis tournament with his wife. Yeah, and Nick Sirianni's with his <laughs> wife, and, and it's not at a club. It's in had a uh, Haddonfield Park courts. I think those are just open to the open public. To the public, yeah. And I'm sure Sirianni's getting his Eagles green on and saying, "Hey, I don't care about the New York Mets thing you're wearing. The Giants hat, yeah, that's offensive to me." And he just busting the guy's shot. Yeah, I man. do that when I see someone walking down the street in in a Cowboys jersey, and I'm like. Oh, Sally, you can't be wearing that. That's a bold move in Philly, baby. Yeah, exactly. And, you you know, you laugh and you smile after it, and the guy knows you're kidding. 100%. Nine out of ten people know that. Apparently this guy didn't. He's, <laughs> he's like, well, you think this is sixth grade? You're calling me out? You, you want me to come over there? Sirianni like, should have took him out, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think that was all made up. Well, I, I'm thinking of next week impersonating a uh, Commanders fan, calling in and saying, Sirianni jumped me in a back alley in yeah, D.C. Right? <laughs> Just let the legend of Sirianni grow. Oh, yeah. If you're going to wear a Giants hat in South Jersey or in what we would call Philadelphia surrounding area, you got to expect some flack. It comes with the territory. I, if I wore an Eagles jersey up to New York, I'd expect some grief. Yeah, maybe we'll do that sometime soon. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, awesome yes or no section, DB. Yeah, good deal. So let's hop into our main show. First topic I wanted to talk about. Last week, we talked about how the Eagles are not in a good position if you took a three-year look at their salary cap. Oh, yeah. They're the second-to-worst team in terms of what they have to work with. Right. And how much they're paying players. Yeah. So I wanted this week to take a look at, well, where exactly is our money going we haven't done too much damage control with how much dead cap hits we've taken. Yeah, Carson yeah, that Lance, looks ugly. Zach Ertz, that looks ugly compared to other teams in the league. Right. Nevertheless, it's not enough to land us in the second to worst position in terms of salary cap over the next three right. years. So where is all this money going? So I wanted to take a look at some individual positions. First on the offense. Okay. And then the defense. I want you to categorize each of these positions as good deals fair deals or bad deals. Okay. All right. Consistent with what we're paying that position. Gotcha. Okay. So let's start with the QB position. Are we getting value for the money that we're putting out? Are we getting bang for a buck? We are 32nd in payroll at the quarterback position. Meaning there is no other team that pays our quarterbacks less than us. Right. And we very well may have two starting quarterbacks. Hertz and Minshew. I think so. Yeah. So, 32nd in the league, we've got an incredible bargain there. And our backup's making more than our starter. Minshew's making more than Hurts. Yeah, yeah. Because Hurts is still on his rookie deal. Because he's on his rookie deal, yeah. We've got an incredible bargain at the quarterback position. I'm going to look at some of this in light of last year and this year, because I think those, those two pictures can be drastically different. Agreed. One thing, just the total offense, we're 27th in payroll. Okay. And I think that's 
perfectly fair. Last, About right. We last were, week, we did I not think, have much offensive production. Yeah. I think we were right around the 27 Yeah, last week, mark. I think we said total offense yardage, we were 27. So that's a fair deal. We paid for 27th. We, <laughs> we got, got 27th. 27th. Yeah. But no, in the, in the quarterbacks, that's an incredible bargain. How about at the running back position? I think that's a great deal as well, an incredible bargain. We're 30th in payroll. Okay, so only two other teams that are paying their <coughs> running backs less than us. Right, and we had the fifth best rushing game. We did, fifth yeah. best rushing. I, I think, according to some estimates, we are the second best. Yeah. Contingent on what stats you take as vital. Right, right. And understand a lot of that is Jalen Hurts put adding 784 yards as a, as a quarterback in there. But still, 30th in payroll, second or fifth best running attack. Yeah, that that's an incredible bargain. And again, a lot to do with rookie deals. Rookie deals. You've got Jalen Hurts in there. Miles Sanders on a rookie deal. Boston Scott's on his last year of a deal. Yeah, so we've got incredible value at the running back as well. How about at the wide receiver position? I imagine we're a little higher with the acquisition of A.J. Brown. Right, right. Last year I would have said might not have been the greatest deal. Maybe a bad deal. I don't know that I'd go bad deal, but we're 16th in payroll. Now we've got two potential pro bowlers, wide receivers. Devontae Smith. Yeah. For middle-of-the-road payroll, that's a good deal. That's a darn good deal. I agree. Yeah, so I I like how this trend is working for those first three positions we're looking at. These rookie deals are really helping us out. Absolutely. How about at the tight end position? 24th in payroll, the tight end position. Last week we talked about... Should Dallas Goddard belong in the top five for tight ends in the league? And if he's not in the top five, he's knocking on on the the door. Especially if Gronk isn't there this year. Right, right. So we've got sixth. The sixth best tight end in the league and 24th in payroll. Again, darn good deal. That's a darn good deal. And I think hopes are pretty high for Stahl and Calcetera, yeah, too. Yeah. How about at the O-line position? O-line is interesting because we have the third highest payroll for O-line. That very much fits with Howie Roseman's strategy, which he has voiced multiple times. He said, if you take care of the trenches the skill positions will take care of themselves. Yeah. So it makes sense that we're paying our O-line top dollar. Absolutely. And we have a term for it here on the Bulls and the Birds. Hogs win championships. Hogs win championships, baby. So I love seeing that that's where our money's going. I think that's a fair deal because I think they're performing like the third best. A top five O-line. And I got no problems with that. You, you, You can do that. Your money's spent well in the right area. I agree, and I think we've added a little depth at O-line, yeah. too, which, mm-hmm. is, which is good to know. So Overall, we're getting pretty good deals from the offensive yeah. side of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. So let's switch to the defensive side. Let's look at D-tackle. Now, with Fletcher Cox and Hargrave, I imagine this is something we're paying a pretty penny for? Or? Yeah, and this is where I think we have to compare last year and this year as well. Because seventh in payroll... Pretty for, high. For D-tackle, that is. And I don't think we got that performance last year. When Cox was in, we got a number one right. type of performance at him, but he was only in 50% of the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And clearly some of the plays he was in, he was winded too because they couldn't get him off the field. And I'm not exactly sure how we're approaching Hargrave. I mean, he has clearly put up some incredible numbers. Right. And I would love to see his contract get extended, but... For as good as he has been, we still haven't offered him a contract extension, which I think is yeah. interesting. It may just be a payroll issue. I think it is. I think they're going to have to do a lot of soul-searching and studying 
to see who they're going to pay and who they're just going to have to let walk. Yeah, I just I don't think there's enough money around to pay all these guys, especially if this team is as good as we expect it to be, and you've got half of the roster on the last year of their deal. Yeah. It, that's a scary proposition. It is a scary proposition. I mean, we talked about this being payroll bubble this year, and, yeah, Howie's really going to have to do some wizardry next right. year forward. Does the Howie boom become a Howie bust? So last year, no, I don't think we're getting... Our, our, our money. So I would say that was a bad deal. With what we picked up. And Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis Putting steps him in, on a rookie deal. Yeah. Then then I'm saying we're at a good deal. I agree. Or I at mean, least a fair deal for seventh payer. At least a fair deal. Right. I do think they'll they'll perform top five in the league. Yeah, and I think we looked the other week and they said Eagles D-line was ninth, ranked ninth. Yes. So if we're seventh in payroll, you're right there. That's a fair deal. Agreed. How about at the DN position? We struggled with getting production from our DNs last year. And we were basically middle of the road, 16th in payroll for DNs. So I honestly, I think that was a bad deal. Look at Derek Barnett. and First round draft pick. Yeah, you're expecting more. Yeah, yeah and he, he's been a good player. And he's getting but... first round money, but I don't think he's lived up to first round money. Agreed. Now, this year we've added some pieces, and I think that turns it into a fair or even a good deal this year. Adding Hassan Reddick. Yeah, yeah. Brandon Graham coming back Coming back, exactly. A couple of spots here in the D, bad deal last year, but I think they're turning into at least fair and probably good deals this year. Agreed. Now, let's move to the linebacker position. The Eagles are notorious for overpaying their linebackers, and that's a total joke. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't spent money on linebackers in God knows how long. Well, someone out there values linebackers a little less than Howie because we're 31st in payroll. <laughs> so I don't know who that is. So there's, there's one team out there that's paying their linebackers less, less than we yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. Last year, that was probably a fair deal. I think we were looking, <laughs> looking for more production out of our linebackers. I don't think we got it. I think TJ... TJ Edwards was yeah, a good pickup. T- yeah, as exactly. Far as he wasn't an elite linebacker. Right. But we got him as an undrafted rookie. An and incredible value. Absolutely. Job. So I'm looking for him to step his game up, and then with what we've added. Nakobe Dean. Yeah. Hassan Reddick. Yeah. Kazir White. Yeah. For 30... that That's a steal. That is a strong linebacker yeah. core at yeah. 31st in terms of payroll. Yeah. So now, again, I don't know how much... Howie Magic is is working behind the scenes. Right. Is it one of those things where Reddick is getting five hundred thousand this year and he's going to get forty million next yeah, year? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I think Howie's recreating the book. I don't know if you know the Bobby Bonilla day. Oh yeah, you know I just heard. I, I yeah, just July first every okay, year. Okay, it just happened recently. Is the Bobby Bonilla day? He was a, originally a Pittsburgh uh, Pirate. Okay, an All Star player. So when the Mets picked him up. Yeah. He was a, uh, a well-established oh, yeah. household yeah. name. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like Philly's picking up Bryce Harper. Yes, yeah, yeah. So Bobby Bonilla goes to the Mets, and they strung his contract out so far. They are still pay- He retired 15, 20 years ago. They're still paying him, and they're going to pay him $1.2 million 
Every July 1st through 2035. Oh, my gosh. I think Howie might be creating a Bobby Bonilla day <laughs> for multiple players. On yeah, for a number of players. So I hope Jeff Lurie's, whatever his most recent film deal is, I hope that comes through. Because <laughs> we he, might need to pull some Yeah, he money. may be having to do this and throw in the, you know, Franklins out there. <laughs> nice. All right, how about at the cornerback position? We're 13th in payroll at the cornerback, and I think we have two top-tier cornerbacks, so I will take that all day long. I think that's a good deal. I just can't argue our, with it. I just read a stat on James Bradbury. Over the last two years, in terms of targets his way, right. resulting in incompletions, he is the number one cornerback in the league. Wow. We got two lockdown cornerbacks. And what did you say our payroll is at in terms of? 13th. Yeah, I think that's a pretty and good got, deal. Yeah, I imagine absolutely. they're going to be top 10. Yeah, yeah, both of them. Yep. Right. How about at the safety position? More recently, has been a lot like the linebacker position. He's just not spending much money. Yeah, and we've been paying him that way, 31st in payroll. Now with a pickup of Jaquesky Dart. Yeah, I think, I think that's going to tr- change. So, paying 31st, I don't think we got that bad of play out yeah, of our safeties. Yeah, I imagine safeties. they're going to be top 27. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a good deal, but certainly not a bad deal. Probably fair to good. And then you just look at the defense in whole, 22nd overall in payroll last year. I think that was a fair deal. I think they probably played in the, the lower third of, of the uh, NFL. Yeah, of the NFL total defense this year. I think that 22nd payroll, that's going to be a great deal. I agree. So here's the odd thing. You look at the offense, you look at the defense, you look at the value we're getting for the money we're putting out there. Yeah. It's kind of like we're getting some awesome value on the cheap. Yeah. But again, it comes back to that, does the Howie boom turn to a Howie bust? Yeah. Because a lot of these one-year contracts or these rookie contracts that are coming to an end or these interestingly structured deals – where guys like AJ Brown are making three million this year, yeah. but then they're gonna make ten million, then twenty seven million, then forty million. Right. Going through this exercise, it shows me what a good job how he did this year. In salary cap management. Yeah, in salary cap management, knowing his salary, and he's turned a lot of fair or bad deals into fair or good or even great deals. So again, bang up job on the off season, but you keep coming back to 2023, 24, 25, what's going to happen? You know what? Let's enjoy 2022. <laughs> Let's and hopefully it, we're looking at the Super Bowl. So, you know, <laughs> way to spend that money, Howie. Well done. Get it, Roseman. Well, we'll go from that into what I thought might be a, a fun game. I want you to take a look at the offense and then take a look at the defense. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the same. Okay. And I want you to pick out three players. One player is a sure thing player. He is going to bring great value to the offense or defense this okay. year, no doubt. Another player is an X-Factor player, a player who could bring a lot of value or could detract a lot from oh, okay. the offense or defense. All right. And then a question mark player, basically a player who you're a little worried about and you could see some scenarios unfolding that are negative. Okay. So I'll go first for the offense. Sounds good. And then you can go first for the defense. All right. I like that. My sure deal for the offense is Devontae Smith. When yeah. I take a look at Devontae Smith, I think he had a Pro Bowl season last year as a rookie. Rookie, yeah. 
Jalen Hurts is not a pure passer. Yeah. And Devontae Smith was still able to produce an incredible receiving season. Yeah. On top of that, he now has A.J. Brown, who I imagine is going to take the number one cornerback. Right. So Devontae Smith is going to be on a number two cornerback. Right. His and Hurts' connection has one more year of development and maturity. They're both Alabama guys, and I imagine that connection is going to pop up more and more. Yeah. So I'm going to say Devontae Smith is my sure thing for the offense. Okay, I like that. I think that's a good pick. As far as an X factor goes, I gotta imagine the X factor this year on the offense is Miles Sanders. Yeah. He was a second round draft pick. Our running game is clearly top tier, right? Number five or number two last yeah. year. But he scored zero touchdowns last yeah, year. That's crazy. That's crazy. And he's shown spots of brilliance. Right. And potential for breakaway speed. Yep. Explosiveness, you bet. Explosiveness, but it's never translated into a good season. Right. And when I think of this year being his last year on his rookie deal, mm-hmm. I think he's got something to prove. Yeah. And he's been talking about, you know, I need more opportunities. Right. I think the Eagles are going to give him those opportunities because they're essentially saying to Sanders the same thing they've been saying to Hertz, and that is, we're giving you all the pieces you need. Yeah. Now it's time to perform. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there. So yeah. I would say Sanders has a shot at a huge season, but he could also be a huge bust. Yeah. That's a good definition of the X, X factor. And then the question mark player, obviously, it's got to yeah. be Jalen Hurts, right? Absolutely. All the you other bet. pieces are in place. It's all whether or not Jalen Hurts performs. Exactly. I think the biggest thing that he needs to work on and the number one thing I'm going to be looking for in terms of improvement, does he go deeper than his first read? Right. that was the thing. He would drop back. He would look to his first read. If that first read was covered, he'd either just throw the ball away or usually make a run for it. Right. And I want to see him checking his first read, seeing that it's not open, and then being able to go to read number yeah. two and three. Excellent. I couldn't agree with that more. So those are my sure thing, X-Factor, and question mark. How about you, DB, on the offense? Sure deal. I, I was looking at A.J. Brown. I think A.J. Brown is a sure deal, too. Yeah. He just makes Devontae Smith that much of a sure deal as well. Agreed. So <clears throat> I love that dynamic between those two. Anything else that I would add to a sure deal, and it's not a person but a general position, the O-line. Yes. Yeah. We are know, paying them number three. <laughs> we are, and they're delivering. Hopefully we can keep them on the field and not, not get bit with the injury bug because if if they're healthy, I think that O-line's a sure deal. Not an X-factor on the offense. X-factor. I totally agree with you with Miles Sanders. It, ca- it can't be anyone else. He could and needs to be that big explosive back. He needs to be the guy who breaks some long TDs again. Yes. Gets into the end zone. He's not seeing the ball in the red zone because they don't trust him with the ball. He hasn't protected the ball historically. He's got to learn how to protect the ball. And uh, he's got to become more of a passing threat, too. He does. Can you imagine getting him the ball in the open field with his moves? In open space? Yeah. Yeah. And I love the moves he makes going east and west, but we're more of a north-south running team. And we have been for quite some time. Yeah, he's got to he's gotta work that into his game a little more. Take the five if it's there, because it's going to be there. You don't have to try to turn it into 15 or 20. Yeah, with the quality O-line that we have, the five yeah. yards is going to be there. And when you think of 
the season when we won the Super Bowl, our running backs, Jordan Howard, Jay yep. Ajayi, LeGarrette Blunt, yeah, and Corey Clement. Yeah, Clement, right. Clement could really catch the ball out of the backfield, yes. which I think he made Sanders that great catch in the Super Bowl. Yes, he did. And then all those other three running backs, north and south guys to a T. And I don't want to take away, like you said, from Sanders' ability to make people miss in the open right, field. Right, because he will do that. I think he will benefit from being a little more north-south oriented. Exactly. Yeah. And how about the question mark player? Question mark, I'm going to go with the two Jalens. Oh, okay. So Jalen Rager. Where is he going to fit in in this offense? Yeah. If, if he's on the team. If he's on the team. Where is he going to fit in? I mean, you've got Devin Allen and now Britton Covey. Who really impressed in training camp. Yeah, and may in the OTAs. Yeah, may be the return guys. And that was the one slot we thought was left for Jalen Rager. Yeah, Pascal in the slot. Yeah. And then obviously our three top wide receivers, Quez Watkins, AJ Brown, Devontae yeah. Smith. We still got Greg Ward, not to mention on a, right uh, on a one year deal. Yeah. Maybe he gets in in some gadget plays. Yeah. But that's been that would be more of a luxury yeah. for a long time. You know, he's a gadget guy. Yeah. He hasn't really proven to be. And, and he hasn't, exactly. So that's a big question that is a mark. a big question mark. Yeah, I like that. But the biggest one, obviously, is Jalen Hurts sure. and his quarterback play. He's got to <clears throat> make those downfield reads. He needs to answer this question. Is he our guy for the future? Agreed. All right, DB, how about you go first with the defense? All right, Who's sounds sure good. deal, X Factor, and question mark. Yeah, my sure deal, I've got big play slay. If we were talking first half of last year, I, I, I would have said no. That was the disappointment would've of the year. Put him in the question mark category? Yeah, yeah. With the way he played second half, I'm looking at him as the sure deal on the defense. X Factor, I've got two guys that I think could be huge X Factors. Hassan Reddick and Nicobe Dean. Hassan Reddick has had double-digit sacks in the yeah. last two seasons. Yeah, and if we can see that from him here, that's going to be huge. That's going to be massive. Yeah. Then you throw a linebacker like N'Kobe Dean into the mix. You said it yourself. You, you think he's going to just come out and show them so much that he'll be above that 65%. Uh, Playing time. Right, right. So I think those two guys, big upside for, for X Factor. Question mark, it's not a question of... Ability, it's a, it's a question of health. Brandon Graham's coming off an Achilles heel tear. That is a hard injury to come back from. Really difficult. As a Phillies fan, I saw Ryan uh, Howard. Be a consistent contender for the MVP every yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, and you just saw so his... Sub-200 hitter. His Achilles tear just, just killed his career. And you got to imagine Graham's ankle is going to be under more pressure yeah than, as, than ryan howard than ryan yeah Howard's i mean ryan howard's not stealing bases out there you know <laughs> I, I, let's face it he's moving two or three feet to the back it's yeah there's going to be a lot more pressure on brandon graham's heel than there was on ryan howard and he's older i think he's like 34 or 35 <laughs> you know he wants it you know he's a guy who's going to put in the work i just don't know if his body's going to and that's the big question mark. I also had one other, if I can do two yeah, sure. question marks. Because I think this will be big. The rookies, can they step up, especially early in the season, and fill these slots? Because if they can, that's really a dynamic team we've 
we've got that Howie's put together. That's a great point. And we mentioned that we have four or five nationally televised games. This yeah, year. yeah. And that'll really be when the spotlight is on the rookies and right. whether or not they can show up. Absolutely. What do you think? What are, what are your sure deals, X-Factor, and question marks? I think you nailed it on the sure deal. I'm just going to go opposite of you, and rather than saying big play slay, I'll just go with the other cornerback, James yeah, Bradbury. Yeah, I love that. Much like we had a wide receiver tandem yeah. who were bullish on, mm-hmm. Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, Yeah, I'm really bullish on this cornerback tandem. I agree. And if you look at James Bradbury over the last six years, he's been – the king of consistency. Yeah. And so it's really hard for me to see anything really knocking him out of his element. Right. He, in the very least, is going to have a near Pro Bowl year. Right. Because that's what he's been producing for the last right. five or six years. Mm-hmm. And he could have a huge upside being on a defensive team, in his own words, that has a really good line. Right. Which really elevates the level of play for the cornerbacks yeah and he he played at that level with the giants not the d-line that the eagles have no and not even the linebacker squad yeah eagles have yeah so the giants misfortune has really benefited benefited us here my x factor you called it already is nicobe dean for sure when i look at his stats you know he's not particularly big he's not particularly fast but he was on georgia's defense which was chock full of five-star recruits out of high school. Right. And he was the best of all of them. He was in on every play. He was the captain, the leader of the team. And you you look at the guy's film and you just wonder, how is he in on every play? And all the reports that keep coming out about him are his football IQ is through the roof. He knows the offensive playbook, like the back of his hand. Yeah. And – I think that could be such a huge upside because that's not necessarily something the Eagles have had. My number one question mark would be the same as yours, Brandon Graham, yeah. coming back from that injury. I guess the other question mark for me would be Marcus Epps. Ooh, good call. Position. Yeah. And the reason why it's such a question mark is, again, he's going to be our starting safety. And there's been so many articles about how he is radically improving. Right. He's working incredibly hard this offseason. But when it comes down to it, he wasn't a starter last right. year. Right. So that's a huge question mark. That is. Even with the that's acquisition a good point. of Tart. Yeah. And I would say if teams are going to come in and see how tough the D-line is for the Eagles, they're going to try the linebackers. Right. And they're going to see the two Pro Bowl cornerbacks, and they'll try the safety. Right. That's a good and call. So if you add a question mark, it's – the linebackers, who I think with the acquisition of sure things like Reddick and Kazir White, right. have kind of been firmed up. The safety is still the big question position. Yeah, good point. For our final segment of the show, wanted to take a look at some of the action going on with the birds off the field. All right. We're going to say farewell to Rodney McLeod. The Eagles moved on from him after six seasons, and McLeod accepted a one-year, $1.77 million deal with the Colts this offseason. Eagles Midwest. Eagles Midwest. We've <laughs> talked about that Eagles-Colts yeah. connection. Maybe. Yeah. And McLeod said, it was difficult to face reality and knowing that I wouldn't be wearing an Eagles uniform anymore. I was very optimistic and praying that it wouldn't happen and that I would go out on my own terms, this fairy tale ending. But life doesn't work that way. And so the hardest part is getting over what's real and what's reality. And the reality is, you are no longer an eagle, 
even though you had a great career there and people love you, you now have to move on. It was really touching and really sad to hear just how much love McLeod had for being an Eagle and how yeah. much pride he had in wearing the Kelly Green uniform. Yeah. I think it speaks to how much this franchise means, not just to the fans, but to its players. Great guy. It's it's sad to see him go, but it's probably a good time and the right time for him to go and to move on. Statistically, you look at he's probably... Progressively getting worse. Worse, yeah, yeah. Part of that might have been he didn't have... The supporting cast that he The supporting needed. cast in the secondary, exactly. What a class act. I wish him well. And for $1.7 million, Colts are getting a good deal <laughs> yeah. for a veteran quarterback. A veteran cornerback. Thanks oh, wow. for six great seasons, McCoy. Yeah, thank you, Rodney. Seth Joyner and Ray Didinger will not be returning to the Eagles post-game live show. Ray Didinger seems to have indicated that he is simply going into retirement. Seth Joyner has indicated that he may be speaking still in some capacity that is unknown to everyone else. Yeah, yeah, they did leave and seemed like an open door there. Yeah, it really did, which I'm excited for. I love Joyner and Didinger, man. Oh, absolutely. So how do you feel about their departures, first of all? That's rough, man. Those are two stalwart. Yeah, it, it hurts to see them go. They are, you know, Eagles post game. Two guys that, you know, they tell you the truth, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. They definitely pulled no punches. Yeah. And they said it fairly. They didn't take shots at guys. If guys were underperforming, they mentioned it. They pointed it out. Guys who had great games, they pointed that out. They're going to be sorely missed. I I think Ray Didinger said, because he was on WIP for a couple weeks prior to announcing his official retirement. And they held some retirement shows for him. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was great. And and he's Mr. Philly Sports, you know, the Hall of Fame writer. And he knows, I mean, he goes back to the 50s and and pulling up stories (laughs) about guys. Yeah, you just, you you love to hear that. And just a very gracious guy. I think they had great synergy together. Him and Joyner played off of each other (laughs) very well. Yeah, absolutely. You kind of had this gentleman type figure in didinger right and then this spitball passionate, oh yeah you know passionate former pro bowler exactly in and it was just a really good tandem joiner and you mentioned passion and that you could see when the eagles didn't play well man he's, he's the intensity he's was almost holding it back and he's like <laughs> i want to scream they're going to be tough to replace and they had such great synergy together they're they're really going to be missed so that kind of becomes the question mark is who does end up replacing them? Interestingly enough, it was reported that Derek Gunn, Gunner, was offered a chance at returning to the postgame live, but actually turned it down. Yeah. So any thoughts on, on who might replace Joyner and Didinger, and do you think it'll end up encouraging you or discouraging you from watching the postgame live show? They're going to be tough to replace, so I would think right off the bat it's going to be a little discouraging, but the Bulls on on the bird staff is available for interviews. Two for two, man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to look for a second guy. You get a pair right here. <laughs> Great chemistry already. <laughs> right. But, you know, I, I think Seth Joyner does have something working. And, you know, it very well may be Joyner and Gunner. Oh, that'd be interesting. Together. The two ERs, Joiner and Gunner, you know, that could that that could be a decent show title. So, For sure. uh, who knows? But honestly, I've seen a lot of Barrett Brooks lately. 
Yes, he is for sure staying on. Yeah. Today with Amy Fadul, the last couple weeks I've seen him with Taryn Hatcher, who I always thought of as a the Flyers. The Flyers, right? yeah. Interesting. So I wonder if they're grooming those two ladies. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, and, and fill the Dittinger Joiner gap, testing it and and see you know if that'll work. It's it it's tough to replace those two though. You know they just Ray Diddy's level headed and you know the kind of the academic. Yeah, and and Joiner with a, a pure passion, passion and again, you know, this is what's right, this is what's wrong. He was a Pro Bowler for the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. So that that's that's tough to replace. You know, the other thing I think about is where are guys like Brian Dawkins or yeah, Malcolm Jenkins. <laughs> yeah, Jaws, Ron Jaworski, Jaworski, even Hugh Douglas. I yeah, remember him he, making yeah. some appearances on some talk shows and just right. being. Hysterical, oh, he's a, man. Oh, he's a, he's a riot. Of work. Bring he him is. on. Bring Hugh Douglas back. Yep. And John Runyon. I don't know if he's out of the Senate or Congress in, oh, yeah, in New Jersey. Was. A lineman for. I, I think he'd be another good personality. So they're they've got some some guys out there that they could tap. All right. So our final segment. Just wanted to talk about Eagle safety Kavon Wallace. He is offering free football camps to kids from his hometown which is Richmond, Virginia. There's an awesome video on YouTube if you just put in Kavon Wallace football camps and a great article wherein his mom expresses just how proud she is of Kavon Wallace. Really heartwarming story. Did you look into it at all? What a great story. You know, I mean, he's a great guy. God bless his mom. And the story was a great tribute to his mom, who was a single mom, gave everything she could to her children installed faith in them, belief in themselves. And at one point in the article, they were talking to her, and she said about the camps, and I think this is why this is so near and dear to Kavon Wallace. I, I worried if I had the money to send them to camps, and he had such a great experience in camp that by the age of eight, he told his mom, Mom, I'm going to be an NFL football player. And she backed him up, you know, she didn't say, oh, you know, every kid says that, honey, don't, you know. She she backed him up, and, and in here she says some of her quotes, we're dreamers. We rely on faith a lot. It's big in our lives. It's the reason why Kavan has had so much success today. We attest it in our faith, and I talk Kavan and my all my children in general, the importance of believing in themselves. Moms make men. And she's obviously made a great man here. And to see him, we and, and we talked about this with DeAndre Malcolm, Hopkins. Oh, and yeah, Malcolm, Malcolm, oh, Malcolm Jenkins, Jenkins last week. Guys giving back, but in their local community, right, delivering right to their community. And being the role model that those communities so yeah. desperately need yeah. and want. Yeah. And you mentioned DeAndre Hopkins. It also reminds, reminds me of his story. His mom was a single mom. His dad passed away in a car accident and she had to raise them from when he was 10 years old as a single mom and to to hear what he said about his mom and her being such a light in his life it's a tearjerker you know and it just and there's a just a solid grounded guy so you know hats off also to Kevon Wallace because that's just fantastic and that's a real tribute to his mother yeah that she made all those sacrifices 
so that that many years ago he could go to a football camp and then him delivering on not just being an NFL football player, but then putting on a free camp in his local community. That's the coolest part of the story in, in my mind is the fact that he was inspired as an eight-year-old at a yeah. football camp. And that dream that was born in him when he was eight years old ends up becoming true, becomes a reality. He's a pro football player now. And I got to imagine he's thinking as he's running these camps, where where can I see myself? Yeah. Where's the eight-year-old Absolutely. who is just beginning to be inspired and is one day going to be a pro football player? Just yeah. an awesome story. And just another quote from that, Wallace credits his mom with it, inspiring him to follow his dreams and supporting him in all his endeavors. And then he ends it with, or she ends it with, He's been talking about this since high school. It's a camp now, but in a few years, it's going to be something on an even greater scale. Wow. And you know he's going to deliver on that, and his mom's right behind him for it. No doubt. Yeah. Great story. Awesome. Well, great show, DB. Thanks, man. Yeah, I loved it.